All right, guys. Well, welcome back. Um, thankfully, Mercury in retrograde is over. February 3rd, we're all getting our lives back. Communication will flow more easily. Um, enjoy this newest podcast. It's especially sweet. Welcome back, witches. I have missed you. I'm sorry it's been um, a week late putting out this podcast. Um, Someone got COVID. Actually, I think everyone got COVID. Uh, It is the beginning of 2022, and it came in with a bang, literally. It wiped out, I believe, half half the staff everywhere. So I'm glad we're all back and uh, able to listen on our wonderful podcast. I actually missed it. Um, So I'm behind on all of my podcasts that I love so much. Um, I could start out with giving a shout out to one of my uh, favorite new podcasts, um, True Crime Guys. Uh, I don't think they listen to me. It's not that kind of a podcast. They like true crime. Um, but yeah, they've been, they've been keeping me company while I was, while I was ill. So thank you guys so much. Um, so I thought for today, for our topics, um, because I was unwell, I ended up using a lot of honey. And everything that I did with um, honey spells, of course, and I made my own teas. And um, with everyone having sore throats, it really did make a difference. So I thought I would talk about honey today. And um, just because it kind of flows with it, um, I thought we would talk about uh, bees and the magical properties of both. Um, and honestly, the, the good health properties of honey also. So really, really good topics. I hope you guys enjoy this. Um, many people are familiar with honey. Most of us were given it as children instead of medicine even because um, it is just a natural product that comes from bees, of course. It's been used for thousands of years as a medicinal, medicinal agent, dietary supplement. Um, obviously, you can take it internally. It's used externally, um, especially a lot way back when because it had these like antiseptic, still has antiseptic qualities of it. Um, I know it's, uh, so it can cure a wide variety of ailments and used as a potent anti-inflammatory and wound healing agent. So that's just on like the topical side, that wound healing, although it's good for your tummy too. Um, the bioactivities of honey are far well, far well less known than its antibacterial, antioxidant, and other biological activities. There actually have been very, there's been a lot of clinical trials on honey, um, and that when honey is applied to a wound, there is a decrease in inflammation and it will have a soothing effect. So um, especially, um, I know it's like a quick fix. <laughs> if anyone's ever gotten stung by a bee or a wasp and they're, they, don't, they don't have anything right away to kind of to take the edge off, I know honey's really, really effective on that. Um, and that's really, that's part of modern medical science and, and I mean, it's, it's really well known now. Uh, and the article that I'm reading, I took, I took a lot of this from different areas. Um, some of them were like health health articles and some of them of course were like with Wikipedia with witchcraft articles um so basically when we're talking about good honey we're talking about raw unfiltered honey um so I, I know when I go to the store if I want to buy honey and usually I'll try to buy honey from like someone local because that's generally the best um and you'll notice that the jars are not they don't match like the they're different colors sometimes different thicknesses and that's what you're really looking for. I mean, if you're going to the store and it's all this pure golden honey, like they all match and it's just pretty looking, that's generally um, 
like pet that's been ultra filtered it's been heated it's been blended and and there's nothing wrong with that it's just that you're looking for like that raw honey that might still even have like part of the comb in it um and i think if i mean i feel like i've read somewhere that if you you use local honey it'll help with the local pollen that you may be allergic to also so um let's see it says it's an all-natural energy source and out of all of the sweetening agents that we use in western culture honey is the healthiest of the bunch it's a sugar that our body recognizes with a low glycemic index so it is one of those good ones to use like agave cough suppressant of course it works just as well as cough medicine um for this past winter i made an elderberry tincture with blackberry brandy as the base um echinacea and honey and just let that kind of sit in a dark spot in a bottle, you know, for like about seven, eight weeks. And that's what I've been using for my throat or for any time I don't feel great. It has such um, power boosting properties. It really does help. Um, it can help with burns and treat the burns and wounds due to its antibacterial, antifungal, and antiseptic nature. Like we discussed, wounds, um, shallow, shallow scratches. I mean, honestly, anything deep, as always, see a doctor. But, um, you know, topically, like surfacely, it can help. Um, it says you can use it as a face face wash. I, I've never done that. I have used yogurt, which is always nice. Um, but I just be careful with that because it'll stick to everything. <laughs> um, but as we know, it is a sweet fluid produced by honeybees and um, the bee pollen through a process of regurgitation and evaporation. There are more than 300 types of honey differing in the source, the blossoms, that the bees use to collect pollen. From dandruff reducing to cough treating, honey has a wide specter of health benefits. Honey flower is derived from the nectar of plants and trees that are collected and processed in the body of worker bees. Nectar is placed in the waxy cells where fermented and matured. Honey contains up to 79% fructose and glucose and 15 to 18% water. The rest are various enzymes, minerals, sugars, acids, vitamins, and tannin. So apart from how it looks, because it's just so beautiful, um, I know Cola bought me that lovely jar of honey back this summer, and we got some great pictures of it. It also has superpowers. Um, a jar of preserved honey um, actually has been found during excavations of early Egyptian tombs. Um, I mean, even before that, it's always been used. It's always been recognized. But that's how long people have found beneficial uses of honey. It's not just pretty. It... Um, it prevents the growth of bacteria and microorganisms. And bees add an enzyme glucose oxidase that provides hydrogen peroxide as a bit as a byproduct. So it just has all those wonderful properties. So basically, um, scientifically, how it breaks down is it's mostly fructose, about 38%, and then the 30% of it is glucose, like I mentioned. Um, and then sucrose, water, high sugars, and then just some unspecified just make up the last, you know, few twenty-something percent. Um, it has a low level of pH between three and four, and the consumption of honey prevents the growth of bacteria while in its antioxidants ingredients also fight free radicals. I found that like honey drizzled over blueberries is just like a huge antioxidant power punch. And again, it's, it's different from the areas you get it from, the flowers it was created from, and that's going to affect its taste and its consistency and its color. Um, Interestingly, I mean, it, one tablespoon only has 64 calories. Um, and of course, um, most mothers know that uh, children under a year shouldn't have honey, especially the raw, unfiltered honey. 
um, it, it could have some bacteria in it that's not good so I mean try to hold that off no matter how you know how sick they are you don't want to use that raw honey for kids under a year um, so it's known to prevent um, not prevent but help with ulcers and other gastrointestinal disorders so while it works on topically on the skin it does a lot of the same things once it gets inside of you uh, it says a study was shown which honey was used as an oral rehydration in children with gastroenteritis and the aim of the study was both to determine whether the honey can affect the duration of the diarrhea and to assess the efficacy of the honey as a replacement for glucose in oral rehydration so basically you know when kids get sick and we give them Pedialyte or Gatorade I mean those are those are glucose that's primarily the sugars that we're using to replace um, what they're missing when they're sick, when they have diarrhea or they've been vomiting. Um, so this was a study that kind of compared it to using honey, of course, which would have more of the fructose instead of the glucose. So the study did conclude that honey shortened the duration of diarrhea in, in young children and even in adults. So, you know, good, just good to know. Uh, we mentioned that it can help with wounds and burns. Um, it says for the treatment, you want to apply it directly um, with a bandage and you want to make sure that's replaced every 24 to 48 hours. So, I mean, just like everything else, you want to keep an eye on it. Um, honestly, I don't even feel weird about giving this as a, advice. Um, a little honey, like I said, on a surface wound, uh, surface scratch, nothing deep, is really only going to be beneficial. Um, they did mention heat helping with dandruff. And again, I'm a little nervous about putting honey in my hair. Not that I have dandruff, but I know it has so many topical benefits. But... If you're interested in that, you can certainly look up how you can use it um, with your with your hair routine. Although I know there are a lot of honey-based treatments out there also, so that might be something to look into. Um, you know, number one way I use it is I, I tend to use it in my tea. Um, it sweetens it, but not by a lot. Um, I think it just kind of helps. I mean, you really can't go wrong with a mixture of honey and lemon you know, tea, oh my God, you know, ginger, cinnamon, all those things are just so, so soothing. So I guess it really depends on the symptoms you're having. But um, yeah, overall, it's just one of those, I don't know if it's called a superfood. I didn't look that up, but I feel like it's just one of those, yes, yeah, super things that are made. Um, it just has so many, it's just so versatile. You can use it so many ways. But as always, I do want to talk about some of its magical properties or how you can use it in your, in your witchcraft. Um, it also is supposed to help the, the chakra, the sacral chakra, and taking care of this chakra through proper feeding can supply a balance in the health of sexual and fertility. So that's kind of that, that sacral, that deep womb area that we're talking about. Um, for spiritual and psychic properties, um, the bee, and I think this is why I decided to go with bees too, because I, I just had to kind of, I got in my zone of, of research and was like, now I need to know more about bees. Um, the bee who produces the honey is considered a power animal, and it's an integral part of many shamanic traditions. It is symbolic of fertility, community, prosperity, diligence, and work ethic, which makes sense if you know anything about bees. Um, some cultures view bees as messengers of the gods, and their honey has also been compared to the nectar of the gods, thus elevating bees to the status of royalty, which, oh, and then there's royal jelly. I don't know. I gotta look. I gotta look into that. I just know it's really, really good for you. Another, another bee product. Um, I know throughout the Bible, honey is, of course, frequently cited as a holy substance. I believe they made honey cakes. I don't know. It's in the Bible somewhere. 
um, some of the history. Oh my gosh. I mean, there was so much to read up on honey um, that I could just probably talk. Oh my gosh. And bees. I could just sit here and talk for six hours, but I'm going to try to keep it to about an hour. Um, so basically the oldest history of, of the honey is an 8,000 year old cave painting um, in Spain. And it, and it was, it depicts humans hunting for honey. And the, again, the oldest remains that have been found in a tomb in the country of Georgia, dating from 4,700 to 5,500 years ago. So, I mean, makes sense. As long as there's been bees and people, there's been honey. And I mean, it's just one of those things that naturally you'd see the animals eating it. Think about Winnie the Pooh. Um, you would, you would definitely be drawn to it. It would be a way of you know, sweetening up any of the breads or anything they even made back then. Um, honey was used as a traditional avrudic medicine where it was thought to be effective at treating imbalances in the body. In pre-ancient Egyptian times, it was used to treat wounds, sweeten cakes and biscuits, and even embalm the, the dead. And again, it has that um, antimicrobial, antibacterial qualities that when preserving the bodies. Um, it, it would help them stay fresher looking <laughs> longer. Um, the prophet Muhammad glorified the healing powers of honeys and the Quran praises its healing ability. With all that history, it's no wonder why the sticky sweetener still paves its way into a variety of our recipes and our natural remedies today. Um, and in some forms of hoodoo and folk magic, honey is used to sweeten someone's feelings towards you. So as with most magic, um, again, no tools are needed, but if you are going to use a tool, generally you're pulling upon the natural properties it already displays, provides, represents. So obviously honey is a sweetener. Um, and I know one of the many ways I've used it is to make a, you know, a, a sweetening jar, a honey jar. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, in one traditional spell, honey, oh, here we go. Sorry. Honey is poured into a jar or saucer. Um, on top of a slip of paper containing a person's name, a candle is placed in the saucer and burned until it goes out on its own. Um, and in other variations, the candle itself can be dressed with honey. Um, so again, any kind of sweet spell, sugar spell. Um, I did do a spell a while back where um, it called for a jar of water with added honey and sugar and two people's names on the paper. And basically, it was going to like sit for 30 days and um, reconcile any differences, arguments, and just kind of sweeten that relationship. And I, I mean, I, I felt it was it was very powerful. Um, a lot of the oh, Lucky Mojo, Lucky Mojo is another wonderful website that I get a lot of my information from. And honestly, you can order a lot of things from them. It's they're they come they come across like every kind of product you could want. I like it because they talk a lot about hoodoo and folk folk magic, which is kind of my jam. Um, but it recommends using honey to sweeten the people in your life. Um, it doesn't have to be honey, but it does come in handy. Um, again, it mentions embalming procedures. Um, you can leave offerings of honey at the gravesite. Um, and of course, there's always that blend of milk and honey. Those are probably one of the things in the Bible, but as an offering to a deity, um, I find many of the deities do like honey, apples and honey, things along those lines. And if you are into the goddesses at all, there's Aphrodite, the, love, uh, the goddess of love and beauty. Um, it's particularly sacred to her followers. Um, in Hindu texts, honey is described as one of the five sacred elixirs of immortality. 
The Buddhist faith, faith celebrates Mahum Parima, I butchered that, which honors the day that Buddha made peace among his disciples and honey is given as a gift to his monks in his honor. Um, I believe, and I don't think I talk about this in any of these articles, but I believe also in the Jewish religion, um, they have the um, apple and honey uh, for the new year, I believe. I think that's right. Um, and again, that, that same symbolism of, of sweetening up and, uh, and sticking together has those qualities. Um, so again, honey, and again, because of its sticky qualities, it can be used in magic to hold two things together. So that was kind of like what I was trying to do with that, with that sweet honey jar, that binding spell for two people. Um, it can be symbolic of how sticky it is, how sweet it is, and, and bring them together. Some traditions use honey to bind a couple that can have a shaky relationship. If you want to do a honey binding on a couple or even two friends who are struggling with their friendship, again, it's just sweetening, you know, what's going on. Um, you can use different poppets or different representations of them with a layer of honey between them and then wrap it with a cord. Honey doesn't solidify, though, um, so it's not like it's a forever thing. You didn't super glue those people together. You could always pull them apart if, if needed. Um, but again, it's not something I, I never recommend love spells or hardcore relationship spells, but I do like the idea of our natural, you know, arguments, disagreements, even at, even within the workplace, it's just sweeten that up. You know, it's, it's really nice. And you know what? It's really nice as a gift too. symbolic of, you know, if you are giving at Christmas presents, any kind of present at all, um, and you need to sweeten up a relationship. I mean, I just think you can't go wrong by giving honey. It's, I think it's a great gift. Um, so again, I've talked about sweetening jars, so it could really be anything like mine did call for sugar and honey. So they can contain almost any kind of pure sweetener, such as brown or white sugar, molasses, syrup. Um, you can make jars for each person you want to sweeten. If you're working more elaborate spells on them, or keep one jar with lots of names in it for general sweetening. Um, so for the practice I work in, I do a protection type of thing, and all of you know, all of the our names are in it together for protection and harmony. Um, so you know, you can use the honey jars kind of the same way. Uh, you can also make vinegar or souring jars, which is a form of hexing. So obviously, anything you can do one way, you can do the other. Um, the article does mention to generally wait to do a souring jar until after you've tried a few sweetening ones. And again, be careful with that. You don't want any, you don't want to ever start out with the hex. <laughs> um, it's, it's just always better to try to reconcile, even if, because there's always going to be situations where this person is not going to be your friend. They are not going to be your lover. It, it's just the personalities are too different. And yet, can you work together? Can you can you coexist together? And that's what I feel like these sweetening jars are especially good. And I just, I guess I just feel like, you know, with hexing and revenge or, I mean, I have used hot foot powder once just to keep someone away from where I work. Um, but yeah, always try to sweeten things up before you sour them. Um, if you do any kitchen magic, honey, of course, can come in very handy. Use it in dishes to bring out the sweetness, fertility, prosperity. Use it in ritual, rituals as offering to a deity. I know it's in a lot of fertility spells, which I definitely encourage because of how many good qualities it has. Um, you can also blend milk and honey to asperge a sacred space if you're holding a ritual at doors. 
And some put it right in their baths, a bath scrub for a ritual bath, um, prior to working love spells, romance. Um, and it, I mean, it really does have soothing qualities to the skin on top of it. So that's definitely an encouraged one. And something I've never done is actually anoint it with a candle for candle magic. And I anoint candles all the time. I just, I guess I've never thought to use honey. Um, but again, it's primarily in magic. You're going to sweeten things up and we're going to try to keep two things together. And that seems to be, you know, the, the benefits of the magical properties of honey on top of everything else. So go out and find yourself some, some good honey. And unfortunately, it is a little bit pricey if you want the good honey. But honestly, you can, you, you can taste the difference. It shouldn't, it shouldn't taste like sugar. It should, it should have that nice honey quality to it. All right, so I'm going to take a little break, um, have a glass of wine, <laughs> and then I'm going to go on and talk about bees and, of, and how important they are to us. Because, I mean, as we mentioned, we're talking 8,000 8, years ago, people were, you know, getting honey from bees and using it the way we do even today. Um, and I know it's all over TV and documentaries how important bees are and that bees are dying out. And that is not what I looked into, but I mean, I do know it's true and it's out there. Um, they're good for so many things. So um, we're going to talk about their magical properties, but again, too, it's uh, just, just keeping the earth alive. So I'll be back in just a moment. Okay. I'm back. I know you're missing me. It's been nine seconds. Um, <laughs> I realize, oh, so there's a few things probably happening in the background noise of, of my, my podcast here. Um, I do have a cauldron on my stove, boiling um, various herbs, cinnamon, clove, things that smell good and feel good. I use it to um, kind of hydrate the house. Like I have a lot of, I have a lot of plants and they like, I think, the the humidity, which we don't have in the winter up here, because I am up in New York. Um, so I had that going in the background. I know Miss Daisy, she never understands why I'm talking to my phone. She thinks I'm super weird. So she just trots around in a circle in anxiety, wondering what I'm doing. So um, I know there's a lot of click, click, click in the background, which tells me her nails need to be cut. So um, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, but let's talk about bees. Okay. <laughs> so I tried to stick, I tried to really stick to like magical properties of bees. I know, I know I like the science, the science behind most things. Um, but I also like witchcraft, of course. So I try to stick to mostly the magical things, but I can't help but just like dive into like ugh, science. Damn it. All right. So most of this is about uh, some, some of my, some of my sources for both of these topics, actually. I have, um, the universe of symbolism. So I'll give some shout outs. Antiflow.com, interesting, really. <laughs> the best one, LearnReligions.com. Uh, it's you can search almost any topic. It's it's really great. Um, and Wikipedia, which I I imagine if you're listening to me and you are a witch practicing whatever you are, you're aware of Wikipedia. Um, most people are like, oh, I heard about this. What's this? That's where you're gonna go. That's where you're gonna learn the honest and good information. Is Wikipedia. So let's talk about bees and why we're witches. <sighs> so for many people, being an effective practitioner of magic includes the ability to think outside the box. Like seriously, most of us are creative types. You're creative, you're an imaginative, 
imaginative thinker. Um, and we find magical uses even for non-magical items. Uh, so anyway, so if you're out in warmer weather, you might encounter a beehive. Oh my God, a natural beehive. So cool. So let's think about it. Um, okay, so honeybees are endangered, as we mentioned earlier, and you shouldn't perform any magical actions that could result in, in a harm to an active hive, like ever. But the symbolisms. So um, let's talk about that first. Honeybees in a hive. In many forms of folklore, bees represent unity as part of their tribe. They're fiercely protective of their home. Trying to try finding a group of bees and persuade them to make a home in the trees of your yard. Once they've gotten themselves settled, ask them to be protectors of the property. Bees are known to be proficient gatherers. They gather their pollen and take it to the hive day in and day out from spring until late fall. And then their labor, they bring in all their food supply for the whole hive. The hive stores their precious cargo, the honey. Um, and it means prosperity to the whole hive. So if you can enchant a beehive on your property, oh, it just, you're bringing in abundance and fortune to your home. Um, I found this interesting. So the hexagonal shape of the honeycomb, six, is believed to be the number of Aphrodite and later Venus. Same kind of, you know, same kind of thing. Um, it's a sacred geometric space. Oh my goodness. Try again. Safe. <laughs> Not even going to edit it. Sacred geometric shape of harmony. Um, and I do find sacred geometry so fascinating and I really want to do it as a topic but I'm really not good at math so I feel like I would do it injustice but I feel like if anyone's really good at something please shout it out and let me know if you guys are into it because I'll try it I'll spitball it best I can because sacred geometry is just fascinating anyway I mean it's how like it's how things are built it's architecture is everything um I'm sorry, back on topic. Bees were considered in Greece to be the souls of dead priestesses, and they were the creators of this perfect form and greatly revered. The mathematician... Hmm, I'm going to kill this word. Pythagoras believed that the honeycomb form suggested a symmetry that was reflected in the cosmos itself. If you can find an empty, unused hive, bring it inside and keep it under your altar. Allow it to, rep to represent, again, what it stands for, abundance, fertility, and harmony. It can also serve as a reminder that nature sometimes needs our help, too. Okay, we got to stop fighting bees. Because beehives symbolize harmony and working together, find a beehive and focus on it for intention of an important work project, family project, anything that needs to be done without competition. Sitting and contemplating the wonderful end result that they can bring is essential, Remember that we see on the outside is what, <laughs> sorry. Remember that what we see on the outside is as beautiful as what we can see on the inside. And the inside of a beehive is, is just beautiful. It's just so geometric. Just find a discovery channel and look up bees. Um, queen bees are amazingly fertile. So beehives might also be an element for fertility, of course, as honey is, and abundance work. Beehives preserve and protect the sweet honey that the bees create, so they might be used as a symbol of gathering sweetness and abundance. 
In some legends, bees are associated with the telling of truth and unearthing of deceptions and and falsehoods. A legend? No. A tradition from Central Europe describes how women used to lead their lovers past beehives, believing that if their partners were unfaithful, (laughs) the bees would detect this and sting them. I... I feel it's a little unfair because if you're going to walk by a beehive, hopefully not too close, the odds of being stung are a bit higher. But the odds of lovers being unfaithful, they're pretty high too. Whew. Many bees have stingers and they do protect their hives, so the hive can serve as an element of a protection or defense ritual or spell. Hmm. They're known for their skills of finding flowers and their complex dance, which communicates the location of rich pollen to the rest of the community so that you can incorporate that into a hive spell related to like finding and retrieval. I never thought about that. I, I did watch something on that um, a couple of years ago about the, the dance of the bees. And that's, yeah, that's a whole other topic. That, that was crazy. Um, if you do spend any time on healing work with your magic, remember that honey is the ultimate antibiotic. It can be cut up, put on cuts, scrapes, speeds their healing. It's full of skin conditioners, um, and you can put it in homemade soup. It has a light scent. It's terrific in aromatherapy. Um, you can also use bits of dried honeycomb into incense or potpourri for ritual use. Um, oh, I never thought about this. This is a great point. Finally, you said you can make your own candles with the beeswax for use in ritual. So that's probably why I haven't. I do have beeswax candles for certain rituals, as opposed to dressing the candles in honey. So that, that's interesting. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, back to the ecology. Considering the ecological problem honeybees are experiencing right now, why not use the beehive to invoke nature spirits to help the local ecosystem? Um, you can use a short ceremony using honey and the hive itself. While the spirits of nature and your land can help with the bees. I really, I mean, if you if you are anyone that has property, and, and now I do, I really feel like I should try to encourage bees or get hives. I'm really completely ignorant about how any of that works, although um, I would love to encourage the growth of bees. We talk about it, um, I believe I talked about it in the jewelweed episode and um, the various flowers and herbs. We wouldn't have those without the bees, um, obviously, just pollinating everything. Um, some believe you can use a beehive to reinforce the positive energy they are projecting to say a prayer or spell of protection. And a lot, a lot of times holding something natural just helps you envision your target strength and pull the energy from that. So usually we're talking about honeybees, but it does say that when referring to the species of bees, there are many species. I mean, there are a lot. Um, there were no honeybees in North America before Europeans arrived. There were and remain many other species of bees. Carpenter bees, mason bees, blueberry bees, bumblebees, other Native American pollinators, such as flies and wasps. They also pollinate crops like tomatoes, eggplants, blueberries, cranberries, squashes, melons. Um, But the honeybee, the European honeybee, it was actually brought in by early European settlers. And it's a pollinator of many imported food crops um, on which we all rely on um, and a lot of fruit trees because obviously the way we grow food isn't the way it was naturally done. Um, many things have been brought in to be, to be raised. The domestic honeybee has been bred for thousands of years to be gentle and prolific. 
In addition to the valuable pollination services bees provide, honeybees also provide honey, a natural sweetener, beeswax, useful for making high quality candles, and propolis, bee pollen, and royal jelly used by holistic, holistic healers. Let's say that. Mead, a liquor brewed from honey, see, I know that one, um, <laughs> is an, it's an important ritual, be- important ritual beverage for many heathen paths. Heathen is, is not a bad word. He- heathen, pagan, but yeah, mead is definitely very strong. Um, drink it, you want to drink it almost like whiskey. It sounds like people kind of compare mead, I think, to beer or, or malt beverages, and they're not. I mean, mead is, mead is some strong strong stuff. Um, so social bees <clears throat> are ruled by a queen. Uh, they communicate via, via pheromones and they use these elaborate dances to communicate locations, which again, I can't even imagine, although I, I know it's true. They're sensitive to electromagnetic fields, which help them predict and react to weather changes and to navigate. So I kind of feel like there's, I mean, I feel like I've, I've, again, watched documentaries on ants, and I feel like ants are a very similar type of a species. Um, the white noise that beehives make may have applications for chaos magic. And I do feel that would be one of those things that I could listen to that while getting a massage or trying to meditate, that just that constant hum. It's just, I don't know, it's just great. Um, so the bee symbolism and correspondences... Bees have fascinated humans since time immemorial, and they have long been associated with fertility, joy, feminine power, teamwork, growth, industriousness, and the sweetness of life. In ancient Egypt, bees symbolized the lower kingdom of Egypt, and in later times, the United Kingdoms of Egypt. It is said the first bees were formed from the tears of Ra as they fell upon the desert sand. In ancient Greece... The bees symbolized industry, hard work, obedience, competent leadership, as well as prophecy, which it's funny because so many, again, documentaries have been done on bees, the dance of the bees, but even way back when, just with the naked eye, with what you could watch, you knew they had such an order and um, just an organized way of talking to each other that it was, it was even known back then. Um, some of the tombs that were made in Greece were shaped like beehives. Um, some speculate that the bees may have been viewed as messengers of the dead, or even that the human soul transmuted into a bee form after death. Bees also symbolize gifts given with a punishment hidden inside for those who don't appreciate them. The bee's honey is sweet, but if you do not approach her with respect, her sting is painful. I like that. I like that. So bees and magic. The symbol of a bee can seal a spell with sweetness for allies and for those who appreciate goodwill, the sting for thieves and cheaters. If you wish to use the body of a bee in your magic spell, seek them out in the autumn as the weather cools as many meet their natural ending. Um, You'll find them on the ground near their hives or favorite foraging spots, but still take care Some may appear to be dead, but honestly, it's just very cold and they're almost hibernating. And they'll come back to life as soon as it warms up. Uh, Bees resting on plants and flowers are probably just sleeping. That's adorable. While bees on the ground are more likely they have passed. 
According to some modern myths, bees are closely associated with the fae and their presence in your garden, and it indicates the blessings of the fae. Encouraging bees by putting up bee houses, hives, planting bee-friendly plants and waterers, not using pesticides, it encourages the blessing of the fae. While harming the bees can incur wrath, and I'm not really sure why you'd want to harm bees. Um, I have uh, carpenter bees, I know, around my deck, and even then, I still have a little a little thing I catch them in um, to keep them from like you know ruining everything. But um, you really don't need to destroy any of them. I mean, they all have a purpose, except for mosquitoes. Mm, sort of. That's another topic. Um, so it talks about honey, of course. Sorry if these kind of overlap a little bit. Honey is often used in magic to sweeten the situation. The honey jar spell is an example. Anointing your lips with honey will make your words sound sweeter. Ooh, I like that. Mm. Have a little teaspoon of honey before you have to uh, sweeten somebody up. I know Cole and I talked about a little bit about the omens of seeing a ladybug, um, but this is kind of cool. So these are the omens of seeing a bee. And we do see we do see bees quite a bit, obviously more in the summer around here. But seeing a single bee is lucky. A swarm foretells bereavement. If you are a beekeeper who happens to have an empty hive, it foretells free honey. If a honeybee lands on you, it's a good thing. On your hand, you've got money coming in. On your head, success. Bees buzzing around a child's forehead tells a happy, successful life. And if it lands on the child's mouth or face, he'll be a great poet. A bee flying into your house is lucky as long as you let it fly out under its own power. Alternately, it could mean a guest is coming. And if the guest, I'm sorry, if, don't don't kill your guests. If you kill the bee, the guest will bring you dire news. And don't, just don't kill bees. Just, just don't. If you are dreaming of bees, you may be receiving a good omen as detailed above. Bee dreams are almost always about relationships and interactions with other people. It could also be that they may be telling you to take a look at your social networks. They may be pointing toward desire for a more harmonious and functional relationship or celebrating the ones you have. Only you know this. You need to think about what your dreams mean. I like that. A visit from a dream may also mean, um, may also be putting you on notice that some beloved friend or family member is in need of communication from you. Uh, the person should also pop into your mind somehow. You should probably call them. Or try to try to get in touch with them soon. It usually relates dreaming again to home, family, business, coworkers. A happy buzzing hive means a happy buzzing home. It foretells abundance, fruitful times. If they're if the bees are just swarming around and not working on anything, then be cautious. And that would show more of a lack a lack of harmony. <clears throat> It could also indicate that you feel a group of people upon whose cooperation you rely is becoming chaotic and out of control, or perhaps you need to balance your own interactions with social groups for your own sanity. And yeah, I could, I mean, again, you can see that like buzzing around, like too much around you, definitely. Um, So let's see, some of the gods that are associated with bees and honey, I know we mentioned Aphrodite, but we also have Freya, Odin, Pan, Ra, they mentioned the Tears of Ra, Thor, Vishnu, Amun, Potna, Artemis, excuse me, uh, and Aristrius, which I don't know. 
So basically with bees, oh, I do love bees. They're just so cute and fuzzy. Not the mean bees. Not, well, actually, there are no mean bees. I think I'm talking about wasps. Wasps are mean little bastards. I don't think I like wasps. I know they have their place in the world. I'm not going to do an episode on them, but they are mean. They're very vindictive. They, Okay, mm, sorry. Uh, so bees, back to bees. Um, nectar. So the nectar from flowers is their food. They collect the nectar from the flower and they, they land on the flower and they suck its nectar using a string. And then while they're doing it, all the little pollen grains from the flowers get attached to their legs. So then they fall, they fly to another flower. Um, and those little grains fall on them, which is how fertilization takes place. Um, so they hold this wonderful service as an important pollinator of, of all plants. In cold weather, the queen bee and her worker bees will shiver and their flight muscles in order, they'll shiver and their flow flight muscles will go back and forth in order to warm themselves. By keeping them warm, they can fly and even work at a very low temperature. They have a large hairy coat, which helps them to maintain their body temperature and bumblebees possess an ability to control it. Only a few insects have this ability to control their temperature. Wow, that's excellent. And I guess they're really good with hypnotherapy. I don't know anything about that. Um, in the ancient initiation of mastering the body, mind and soul is associated with the quality of the bee. As the bee adjusts its body temperature in an altered state, some yogi masters are capable of adjusting their body temperature by means of slowing down their own heart. So bees have a strong connection with the ancient secrets of longevity. The most sensitive organ in bees is their legs. They use their legs to taste the nectar. Compared to honeybees, bumblebees store less honey and have only a few individuals in their colony. That kind of jumped all over the place. I'm sorry. Um, I like this. Bees stay focused only on their goal. They are never distracted by any sidetrack. They remind us as a good motivator in human life. As the bees stay focused, slow down. They taste the nectar. Um... And they just take a moment and they really enjoy it before they go ahead and go on with their job that they're not even aware of, of, of uh, pollinating everything else. Uh, let's see. So like butterflies and dragonflies, bees are a symbol of the soul and its ability to fly between worlds. It is said that the voice of the soul is thought to be the buzzing sound of a bee. In, German, in Germanic folklore, it is believed that when one is sleeping... They can take leave from their body by transforming into the bee, therefore taking their leave by way of the mouth. It says, this shapeshifter within bee form is trapped or killed, then its soul shall be unable to make its return to its body, though. So besides witchiness, bees also have a connection to the fae due to their winged nature and frequency to be located in or around flowers. Ah, oh, I like that. The connection of the bee and the fae. So they have a Mars energy, and I like that because Mars is a dark, fiery, stinging sex sensation. Um, and I, it says that, that that fiery energy can be used for hexing, cursing, and protection, as the Fae are wild, untamed, and dark, unpredictable creatures. So again, there's that dark and light even to the bee. So finally, there is an old folk tale called The Telling of the Bees. A very old English folk custom, whereas honeybees are believed to be members of the family and so are kept up to date with all the new family doings and news. The bees would be informed when someone is in the family, especially if the beekeeper had passed on. 
but normally we would talk about life events such as births, marriages, separations, news about upcoming visitors, and uh, it, you talk to the bees as a courtesy. It was believed that failure to doing so would swiftly result in the, in the bees flying around and leaving their hive for good. And no more honey. Oh, I just love bees. Um, I know there's actually a few witches that, you know, we say the coven, but um, many of them will even talk about covens as a, as a hive, um, which I think is just a beautiful thing. So in addition, I guess in conclusion, um, so spring, spring is coming up. Oh my God, hopefully soon. So a magical thing begins to happen outside. In addition to the greening of the earth, we notice a change in the local wildlife. Suddenly squirrels and chipmunks are everywhere. Birds are twittering away madly in the trees. Worms are popping up right and left in the soil. And everywhere you look, life has returned. In particular, you'll see bees buzzing around your garden, partaking of rich pollen in your flowers and herbs. The plants are in full bloom at this time of spring and the bees take full advantage, buzzing back and forth, carrying pollen from one blossom to another. And we all have had that. We've all seen that. So it's important to keep in mind the impact that bees have on our environment. They benefit other living things by pollinating plants. And of course, this affects our food supply. Without bees to spread pollen, mostly our food would vanish from our planet. So I had to end on that. It's not magical. It's a little scary. But they do bring in so many things to the natural world, the earth. They feed us. They remind us to be industrious. Um, they help us to stick together. They sweeten things. Um, it's just really good symbolism overall. I know we talked about the sting of a bee, but I feel like overall the positivity that the bee represents is just beautiful. And of course, the honey that they make. Um, so again, I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, I really enjoyed researching it. It was just one of those happy, happy topics all around. Um, so again, reach out if you have topic, um, suggestions, let me know, uh, for me and Cola. <clears throat> I did make some tea, of course, when I was not feeling well using honey, but no one makes better teas than Miss Cola. So check her out on the Kinky Witch Teas, um, on Instagram. Of course, I am the Green Witch, um, so you can find us, uh, you can always email us with suggestions or criticisms, let me know. It's the co2podcast at gmail.com, um, and I'd love for everybody to just leave us a review, good or bad, let me know. Uh, so until next time, it's cold outside for most of us, make yourself a lovely cup of tea, add a little lemon, add a little honey, and uh, just sweeten things up until spring comes and we see those bees. Thanks, guys. Bye.